All right, we're back in the studio with the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience podcast with Andrew Ojesikoba. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm glad, glad to have you. It's great. You're looking forward to this, and um, yeah, it's exciting. Thank you. Absolutely. No, yeah. thank you for coming in. And, and you've been in the mortgage business quite a while, over 20 years, right? About 20 years, yeah. What, what in God's name got you into the mortgage business? <laughs> uh, you know, we all have our different stories, right? Yeah, I we all have our your... different stories. I, I, I originally, I'm from Nigeria. Okay. I've been in this country for about 25 years, going on 26. You went right into the mortgage business. You got here, you're like... I, I, I was here, I went to college here. I was lucky enough to get a track scholarship. Wow. That was how so I you can run? Yes, I can run. That's awesome. Um, yeah, because back home, you know, it's like you either take, you know, have a car, which only maybe twenty percent of the population has, mm -hmm. or you take a bus, which is usually like super duper crowded. Yes, yeah. survival of the fittest kind of thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you fit in there, right? Or you run. Wow. From point A to point B. Well, nowadays with <laughs> gas prices, are you running again? <laughs> I just stay at home. I don't you go stay anywhere. home. It's easier. Wow. So, so I, I was I was lucky enough to get a track scholarship. I finished college and um, I I knew I, I had a degree in business finance. Okay. I knew I wanted to do something with money, mm -hmm. and then I started with Ameriprise uh, Financial. I was going to be a financial advisor, um, but I had a lot of things stacked against me. Which is number one, I didn't have as better enunciation skills like mm -hmm. I have today. But you spoke English. I spoke English. Okay. Yeah. And in Nigeria, we're used to talking fast. Mm -hmm. So I spoke too fast and people couldn't hear a word. Wow. So today, if you fast forward today, I, I had to take a lot of classes and training on how to really communicate mm -hmm. better. And slow it down. Slow it down. And, you know, so, um, so I, 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 you know, I was looking for a job and, and I landed um, a receptionist job at Countrywide. Wow. Yeah. I was so excited. <laughs> Five seventy-five an hour. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Where was, was that? At? It was in San Diego. No, that was in Orange County. Okay. Um, right off of MacArthur. Mm -hmm. um, there used to be that mortgage there. mecca right yep, there. Right there. Yeah. So there that was, was the mothership. That was, <laughs> that was where. Yeah. Hutton Center Drive. Oh wow. Yeah. There was maybe like what thirty mortgage companies on Hutton Center Drive. Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. They're all there and. They're all there. And then, and then you just couldn't get out. It's like a curse. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I went there just to say, okay, I need something. I was out of school. And, and um, so when I got the concept of what mortgage was, because I was trying to become a financial advisor where you had to take the CFP exam and right. all of this thing. And then somebody told me, well, if you can convince me that you are who you say you are on paper, then I can borrow you a million dollars. I'm like, that's it? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like I said, this is the rules. Convince me, and if you fit all the guidelines, that's it. You get a million bucks. I'm like, so yeah. So I, I just, I got hooked and I started studying. That's awesome. How long did it take from receptionist to loan officer? How long did that take? It took about ten years because I was hooked on underwriting. Mm. I, it just didn't make any sense to me to say you meet these rules. You can get a loan, so much money for a house. Yeah, I, it took me a while to figure that out, you know. Uh, so I wanted to be a really good underwriter. Mm -hmm. um, slash. Were, so you, I, I were went, you? Did you go from receptionist to another job? So, or? No, from the receptionist to opener. In okay. those days when we have, you know, the package comes in yeah. the mail and you open them and you stack them in a the file. Right. Yeah, that was my job. You knew it, every little W two or whatever. Everything. Yeah. So I, I was a stacker and then from a stacker I went into becoming a a dog drawer. From a dog drawer to a junior funder, from a junior funder to a account manager, from account manager to junior underwriter. Wow. Then to underwriting. And um I then I, I I sort of grew some shoulders. I said, you know what? I'm going to go do this loan officer thing. These account executives, they know nothing. <laughs> and they come and to me, ask me all the questions. Yeah. And they make all the big money. And I'm like, I'm going to go do this. But I had no idea that that required sales training. Sales training, yeah. So There's a lot of skills, right, that you got to have uh, to be a loan officer. I, I, I mean, there's, there's more skills you need to be an underwriter. Yes. But I think having an underwriting background then going into being a, a loan originator if you have the right sales skills is 
next level. I mean, you then you're like the full package, right? But but I failed miserably my first two years because I was too analytical. Mm. Like, oh, you're not going to qualify. Yeah, I I I I wasn't trying to. I was so guideline focused about no no sorry, you don't qualify. Have a good day. Yeah, you know I I so I had to pretty much think out loud and. That was around 2008, nine, and then everything went down the hole, right? Yeah, it really did. <laughs> it was, we try not to remember those days, yeah. but, but you know, that happens, right? Yeah. And it was, it needed to swing kind of back the other way it, it a little did. bit. So everybody was running out. I ran straight head on. I'm like, perfect, less competition. Yeah. That was what I was thinking about that time, mm-hmm. less competition. Let me go figure out who's doing what. Yeah. So I went from the normal FHA conventional VA. I'm like, what is this alternative program? Who's doing what? Yeah. And that was what I really focused on. And that really opened up my eyes into today's non-QM. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely different than it used to be um, in a lot of ways, but it still feels so, sort of kind of the same because... Mm-hmm. You know, banks aren't doing it mm-hmm. right, and mm-hmm. and banks turn people down. So you're still kind of in a way you're saving the day because the bank said no, and you're coming and saying yes. Mm-hmm. But I th- don't you think that now like the credit profile is a lot better, way better. Yeah, it's amazing that I would say about eighty percent of the people we help in the last year have credit scores over seven hundred. Yeah, I agree. Same here. It's it's amazing to see people with. So it just, you know, I've been doing a lot of studying and it brought to my, I mean, I kind of realized that, wow, okay, so these people are not bad borrowers. Right. They just have different ways of, you know, reporting their income, mm-hmm. which, you know, threw them out of what Fran, Fanny, Freddie and... Right. And, and, they still don't fit in that box. They, they don't fit in that box. And these are people who want, mm-hmm. you know, they, they want customized service. Yeah. They're not looking for the, you know, give me in the box. So that's kind of what I realized. Yeah. Yeah. So um, is it safe to say you kind of like non-QM? I love non-QM. <laughs> I'm in love with non-QM. Yeah. Like it's, I, I love doing loans generally. Yeah. But I love solving problems. Yeah. You know, I think that's what non-QM is, is yeah. looking at somebody who, you know, should get a loan. Yeah. Now. Right. They, they should qualify, but they, for some reason, don't fit in the yes. box. Yeah. They should get a loan now. And what do you want to restructure down the road so you can, you know, get into FHA or conventional? Sure, go, go ahead, but you should get a loan now. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a huge benefit of getting a loan today versus a year from now. Yes. As we can just see in the last 12 months how much the values have gone up. Yeah. People have been priced out. They can't get into a house because, you know, 12 months ago it was worth... You know, six hundred, and now it's seven fifty, and they're mm-hmm. like, "I don't, I can't afford seven fifty. It, it's it's amazing how things have evolved. You know, I mean, we, none of us knew that. I mean, I think I go back March of twenty twenty, and we know that you know it, it was almost like a two thousand eight and nine again for yeah. about a month, or um, more than maybe a few months, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Um, March, April, I, you know, my team and I were like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Right. Um, but I think this industry or this sector of the industry is not going anywhere. It's all, it's only going to evolve into different things because the need is just too great. And they're trying to automate everything, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they want to do it. At some point they think it's going to be Alexa, get me a mortgage, right? Like, and Alexa's, Alexa doesn't know how to look at you know, the nuances of a file and understand why, you know, they had all the money, but their, their accountant forgot to make the payment or, you mm-hmm. know, and, and the reason. And so, yeah, you're right. I think this, this space will be here for a long time. I think Alexa dictates, right? Yeah. Alexa doesn't think really. I mean, no, so, she just um, is a computer algorithm. Yeah, right? So, so because life moves and life changes and life is life. Yeah. I think that's why, you know, the the problem we had before, in my opinion, in the in the BNC, you know, sector was there was the regulation was just really bad, and it right. was just all kinds of stuff going in. And but now I think people are more reasonable about 
you know, no, let's do it better. Let's have a better experience. Let's have a better, you know, outcome. And, and I think that's what's really helping and growing on QM. Yeah. You know? And I think nowadays with the, the requirements of a bigger down payment, mm-hmm. skin yeah. in the game, you skin have in the game. you have some better loan quality, right? You know, when you do zero down and no income, nothing. Yep. So, so you got in, uh, what year was that when you finally became a loan officer and you said you had a couple of years? Was that like 07 or? 2014. Is when you were a loan officer. When I actually said, okay, yeah, I want to do this. Yeah, I tried in 2010 and 11, failed miserably, you know, could barely feed myself, yeah. uh, my family. And um, 2014, I went to work for a small lender. Mm-hmm. I was the key loan officer. Mm-hmm. and just just went all in yeah you know didn't matter what anybody had to say about loans i'm like no i strongly believe people need this yeah it's, it wasn't about the money that was going to come out of it it was it was about that this is a tool that a lot of people could use to change their lives right and that was back in 2014 i had that strong conviction that this is what you need to get into this now so that you know, you can get the house, like you said, and three years later, you want to go ahead and refinance it to an FHA loan, fine. Yeah. But use this product right now, because if you wait, home values are going to go up. Right. So um, I I went head on and haven't looked back still. So when did you start the company that you run now? 2013. Okay. So and so you went right in, like you said, I'm going to be a loan officer, and then I'm going to I'm going to start a mortgage company. I'm going to start a mortgage company, and it was rough. Um, I barely got my foot going 2017. Here comes the first audit. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) From the state of Texas. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, they're no joke. I'm like, what? What, What's that? It's like, yeah, audit. And I had to go to Texas. Oh, they made you go? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They came here to audit us, but yeah. Or maybe we did over the phone. I don't remember. But I had to go there. You and, did? Yeah. And so I, the first thing I told the editor, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a loan officer. Yeah. I'm like, well, um, <laughs> we have some questions. <laughs> we need to talk. <laughs> was it in like Houston or where would you go? Dallas? Uh, that was in Houston, yeah. Houston, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that was probably scary, right? Yeah. Right was, away. I, I was, you know, I had a couple sleepless nights from the yeah. first day I got a phone call to when the audit happened. So, but we've been through two audits and now I I feel like I I have a better understanding of what the, what the regulation is, what the consumers needed. And I just have a better understanding of what's needed. Yeah. What's, you know, and and we just want to do really good for people. That's right. So you did that audit and then you just, how many, so you have a few state licenses. You have Texas, California, a couple others. Colorado. Florida, Georgia, nice, and um, Oregon. Okay. So I finished the audit in um, Texas, mm-hmm. and in 2018, Oregon comes knocking, say, "Hey, it's time for your <laughs> audit." I yep. said, "So how can I get out of this?" He said, "Well, I mean, you can surrender the license." I said, "Yeah, sure, you can have it." Wow. Because they want me to come to Oregon again, and I was still trying to pitch pennies together to run a company and do all of this stuff, and I'm like. I looked at how many loans we did in Oregon in the past year. It's like two. I said, okay, you can keep, the, you can have the license. Well, so you forfeited the license. Forfeited that. But you then know. you got it back. Well, I haven't gotten it back yet. Okay. But I got other states in yeah. the process, you know. And, um, but, you know, I've come to really appreciate, that we did, then 2019, here comes Texas again, a second audit. Oh, wow. Right? But I've come to really appreciate that process. Yeah. It's made us so much better in terms of packaging our loans and mm-hmm. making sure we're completely compliant in everything we're doing. Yeah, you know, and getting ready right for audits. And you know? and if you think about it, it's yeah. it's not that bad, right? I mean, it's a couple of days. Oh, it was bad the first time. <laughs> <laughs> but you it made was, it through, and you were was, able to keep going. Yeah. It wasn't like you. I mean, maybe you had a fine. You don't have to tell us, but yeah, you know, if you have a fine, they're not like you know devastating fines, no, right? No, you, you it's, know, it's, it's not. It's not about the fine. It's it's just the stress. The stress of the what's stress coming. Of yeah, what's coming on the unknown, and mm-hmm. you feel like you're in the witness stand. Yeah, for weeks. Right. And Especially when you don't know what's coming, and, right? Like, and, and yeah, and 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 I still have to originate. Yeah. In Texas, right. 
You still have a job, and then now you're the person doing the audit, and yeah. you're on the, yeah, you're under the so, microscope. So, so that wasn't fun at all. I, no. I just thought, you know, man, if I ever have to go through this again, so so we hired a, a compliance manager. Good. That was a smart move. And her job now is to make sure that she literally gets on everybody's case for every little dot. You know, yeah. no, you need to get that to me. You need to do this. So we Absolutely. do that religiously every week. That's good. Yeah. So you mentioned COVID was a couple, you know, a couple months for you. Was it a, was there some sleepless nights there during COVID? Yeah. I mean, it, it was rough because, you know, when you build a, a customer base like we've done mm -hmm. and you're the one they want to call. Right. You know, you can only tell so many people you have COVID. They're like, well, sorry about my loan, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, so who's going to take care of my loan? So I, I had to walk through it. It was, you know, thankfully. Yeah. You know, there were, I felt like um, I got hit by a truck like every second. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, we just had to walk through it. And I was grateful that I was able to. Yeah, that's you know? good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, during during the pandemic, like like in the early days of the pandemic, like Mar like April of 2020, May, mm -hmm. you know, when some of these loans just disappeared, like was there some was some challenges you faced during that time? Yeah, um, I would say complete depression for about two months. Yeah, same. Um, we had 80 customers, all non-QM. Wow, everything died. Were you just getting calls left and right about it? I had to call them. I, I called, I mean, the, every lender's like, sorry, so move all the pipeline, move it over here. You know, right. this one, oh, yeah. And then one of, you know, I mean, I think it was a, I mean, one of the top lenders called me and said, listen, don't move your pipeline anywhere. Everybody's going down. Yeah. Everyone's like, on hold. I'm like, yeah. really? Everybody's on hold. They're like, so I had to start calling the customers. And we had 70% of our loans were purchases. Wow. So it was... Did you move any over to like Fannie or anything or could you not? They, no. We could not. We could not. And so. I think, you know, during that time people understood, right? Like you couldn't, they were all panicked, but I mean, yeah. I think people didn't want to, they're stuck in their house, right? They, mm -hmm. Some mm -hmm. people probably were like, get me out of this little house. Maybe they were in a condo or apartment and mm -hmm. were like, I need to get to the bigger house. But I think, you know, because it was happening to everybody, I think it was better than if it was just like a subprime crisis, exactly. right? You know, the COVID overall helped in terms of people understanding the panic. Yeah. But for us, it was, I had me, we had our employees and we had our partners and losing, I mean, we were looking, 80 loans dying in one month. Yeah. Substantial. It's know, a big so, income loss too. Yeah, income loss. So we have to flip directly to hard money loans. And there was only maybe three people doing hard money loans in town. Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay, well, let's go do conventional loans, which we don't really preview doing. So we, we did that for a little bit, you know, because then we had to fight with everybody about rates. Yeah, true. Made a little margin here and there, keep the doors open. And thank goodness, you know, non-QM came back. Yeah, thank goodness. But it was rough. Yeah, it was. I do remember. Yeah. So on top of being a loan officer, audit professional now, and running the company, you're also a Freddie Mac certified credit smart instructor? Um, yeah. Tell I, us about that. Well, I, I, I went through a period, you know, when we come out here, most foreigners, when they come out here, there's probably 50% of foreigners who come to America who have no clue what credit is or how it works. Yeah. And that 50%, get into trouble i was one of those i mean you know i you know you could get credit cards i was in college i got like five credit cards wow just give them to you free. right yeah like, they came in they're like okay sign up and i signed up right and nobody told me i had to make a payment wow yeah <laughs> they just they just give you his money uh you know you'll get yeah. you get something in the mail so we get something in the mail just trash it get it in the mail trash it there was a lot of people who did that you know yeah. when i was going to college and eventually the credit card wouldn't work anymore you know Right. Because <laughs> right away. So we started applying for more and then all of a sudden it racked up so much bills and so FICO scored down the drain. Yeah. So I, I started learning about this credit thing, paid somebody to fix my credit, it was a mess. It didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And then I you know what, let me go read about this. And I started getting educated about it, get some certifications on it and um started helping people. So till date we've probably helped about three thousand people fix their credit for free. Wow. We don't, it's part of kind of like our, you know, perks doing business with us. Right. So we target a lot of people who have challenges on their credit, put them mm -hmm. on this program. 
these are people, I mean, I've met people who are millionaires who have issues with credit. Yeah. So it's not, it has nothing to do with your income level most right. of the time. It's, it's just people just don't know how to manage stuff the way they're supposed to. So we train them and help them and, um, and they eventually become customers who we close loans for. Do you think there's um, like some easy, I mean, there's obviously education is a huge part, but like easy tips that you could share with our listeners? Like some, what's something that people, most people don't know? That, that's an easy tip about like how to get your credit on track. I think the easiest tip I would share is you don't need more than three credit accounts right. to have an 800 FICO score. Most people think, oh, I got to get this credit card and that car and this car. Well, you know, I've been through a situation where I had, the first time I had five credit cards, it, was, it went all downstairs stream. It was bad. And then I tried to fix it. And I didn't learn my lesson. And then I got, I think, about 16 different credit accounts and had to go through a bankruptcy. I didn't know enough then. Somebody mm -hmm. said, you just file bankruptcy. They'll clean up everything. I'm like, oh, you can do that here? Yeah, sure. Because you can't do that where I'm from. I mean, no, you, you owe money, you owe money. You right. have to pay. So did that. And, and how much did I file in the bankruptcy? $25,000. Small amount, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't know enough. Yeah. So, but that haunted me for a while, you know, because you can't do a lot without bankruptcy. So, but I, I come to learn that I had only three credit cards, $300 limit for each credit. Oh, wow. And I, I made sure that, okay, you can't go over 300 because you're bad with these cards, you know, mm -hmm. and made sure when I use them, I pay them back. Right. And my scores just went from, you know, the 490s started growing, growing, growing. Now it's like 790, 800. Right. And I, I don't, I, I encourage anybody who's listening, you know, you can have your auto loan, your home mortgage, um, student loans. Those ones, obviously, they're installment accounts. Right. But when it comes to credit cards, I, I don't see any reason why anybody needs more than three. Right. You <laughs> like, don't need more than three, yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes maybe two, you know. So if you don't have any, if you don't have a home, you don't have a car, you don't have a student loan, then you can have three credit cards because you need at least three accounts to keep those things going. Right, yeah. right. And keep them down. Don't keep max them, them keep, out, keep right? Keep them down. You know, use them, pay them off. Use them, pay them off. And try to get one with points because that helps yeah. get your airline flights or whatever. Yeah, right? so for my, my ideal is we always get, if we have a, an expense, so I have three credit cards and one business credit card that has a high limit. Mm -hmm. So if we have a big expense, we know we have the cash for it. We use the credit card and we pay it off right like within a day or two. That way you can get those you points. You can get those points, yeah. get the benefits. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. That's good. So um yeah, man, it's it's amazing what you know, in school my kids are they're they're sixteen now, but they, they don't learn anything about credit or finance oh, or yeah. mortgages or taxes and you know, they're gonna be out of out of high school in two years and it, it'll be like you know, they're going to just throw the credit cards at them when they go to yeah. college, right? Mm -hmm. and, and unless they had someone like us, like us teaching them, they would just get into that trap, you know? Yeah. Um, what are some, you know, some easy things that people, I think I already asked that question, <laughs> um, to, to improve credit, right? Like, well, actually, no, I don't think I did. So let's say someone has the three cards and they, they're still struggling to get their score up. Like, what is a tip that a loan officer can give? See, you know, to improve that score. I'm so glad you asked that question. One of the things, if I look hindsight right now, mm -hmm. people just need to be patient and you need to have a plan. I right. People, so a lot of people think, if I don't fix it this year, my life is over. Right. And I was one of those 10 years ago. I thought my life was over. Every year, my life's over. Every right. year, because it's not happening. But now when I have perspective and say, okay, why don't you have a long-term plan? People who are around me know me about my five-year plan, 10-year plan, which, thank goodness for Marnie Avila, who says, you know, dude, do you have a plan? I'm like, I want to make a lot of money. That's my plan. That's my plan, yeah. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. What do you want to do every month, every year, day in, day out for, for this much? I'm like, I have to wait that long? It's like, yeah, you do. Yeah. Unless you plan to die before then, you know? <laughs> That's what she told me. I'm like, wow. No. So I, I had to change my mindset and say, okay, I'm in a bad place right now. So even going back, I had a bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. Literally within six months, I was back up in $60,000 in debt. Wow. Because I didn't change my behavior. Mm -hmm. I didn't change my mindset. So, so even more than you were before. Even more than I was before. 
Because it just came to you, the offers, the credit yeah, card. Yeah, when, when you file a bankruptcy, I'm not sure if you know that, you get like maybe oh, yeah. 50 offers on credit cards in the mail within two weeks. They know that you can't file another bankruptcy for seven or was it five years? Or? There was all kinds of There's offers. a rule about that, yeah. I took them all. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> let's go. More money. So I will say, you know, folks who are, it's just, you just have to have a plan and say, okay, I'm in a mess right now. What's the plan to get out? And you know what's interesting about the plan to get out? That this is how, why I love America so much. Mm-hmm. If you can dedicate a plan for two years, you will get out of a mess. Yeah. Is it not like that where you're from? Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> you know, I think some people need to visit <laughs> other places, right? Before they... No. they, they uh... Yeah, it's a whole other topic about America. It's a whole but, other topic. I mean, America but, but, has but, a lot you of... You know, America has a lot of, yeah, faults here and there. But I'm just saying, this is a country that if you really put in time into yeah. one activity, it shouldn't take you more than two years to get out of a mess. That's right. You know, into, you know, say, okay, now I can breathe. Yeah. What's the next two years like? Yeah. Okay, now I can have an oxygen tank besides breathing you know yeah what's the next two years like i think a lot of people just get caught up in that current situation yeah and and they don't think about what what's going to happen two years from now right they just want it now or now 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 yeah let's talk about you you love non-qm yes i, I love non-qm i think our listeners love non-qm um sometimes people ask me you know I do Fannie Mae, I do Govy loans. How how do I find non-QM loans? And I I have all these ideas because I I've done non-QM for you know what was for subprime and then mm-hmm. it was altered alt doc and then oh, now yeah. then it's you know all, all the make sense lending that we do and mm-hmm. but I've always I've always had no problem finding non-QM just because I'm not like a I I'm just more of a creative thinker. I have other major flaws, but one of my strengths is being a creative thinker. And so I would find ways to, to get non-QM. How about, like, how about for you? How do you find non-QM loans? Um, I think it probably came to me naturally being a foreigner because you have to think outside the box to get to America. You do. I think that's number one. You know, right. 80% of the people who come in this country who are foreigners, you have to think outside the box. It's not like, oh, yeah, nah, here's a visa. You know, you have problems and you have to fix them. Oh, yeah. You have challenges you, you have to get around them. Yeah, yeah. you got to get around them. So right. that is essentially what non-QM is. Right. So if you, have, if you can think of that mindset already, then you're like, okay. So if Fannie Mae says you have 10 properties, we can do 11 for you. Yeah. What are you talking about? So the guy should stop investing in <laughs> <Yeah>. real estate. <laughs> it must be a solution. That eleventh one is really going to take you down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. We got to do something about it. That's right. you know. Um, you've had a bank. I I had a bankruptcy. So you've had a bankruptcy. So it's six years and you know three hundred and I mean six years and three hundred days. So sorry, you got to wait. Right. Well, the opportunity is right here waiting for me right now. Sure. What else can I do? You know, because if I wait another you know sixty five days. It's gone right so if you think about all these things that's what kind of like drove me to say you know what there must be a solution so we've done a lot of research you know there's probably what 10 million more than 10 million people who are self-employed who say you know what I yes I want to pay my fair share of taxes yeah but for the first two three years I don't have anything to pay right but I can afford a house payment sure give me an opportunity I think I think that's what non-QM is. It's an opportunity, right? To get and it's it's certainly for a lot of business owners and self-employed mm-hmm. people. Yeah. I think that's probably the lion's share of what non-QM is for. Yeah, people that just don't fit in that W two <clears throat> tax return box. That you know, they're like, yeah, you could afford a fifty thousand dollar loan. You're like, well, I could. I'm paying rent. You know, twenty five hundred a month. Mm-hmm. What you're telling me, I can only afford a $500 payment? Well, your tax return says that. Exactly. And, that, and so yeah. you got to have a solution. Exactly. You know, if, you know, I, I think the model is great the way they have it on the Fine If Ready, you know, but it just cuts so many people out, you know? Right. You know, like, like people who can afford $4,000 a month in rent. Right. Cannot afford a home loan. Right. Which is it's, not doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does, it, it and they've never me. missed a payment. And never missed a payment, but but because they don't have, they don't show that income. You know, somebody who's a, you know, singer, or an actor, or an actress, or right. professional football player, 
you know, yeah. the way the money comes in, you know, it's like, yeah. So that's why I looked at non-QM. I said, well, this is going to be the case continuously. Yeah. Where do you find them? Where do I find them? Ah, Where do you find these question. people? Or do they find you? How do you, do you, you set out you little know, traps or like little <laughs> drop the lines in the water? And like, what, what's your bait? Like, what, how do you, I, you know, I fell in love with non-QM in 2014. Like I said, I mean, no, 2008 and okay. nine, when the whole market crashed and, and they didn't seem, have a solution. Yeah, there wasn't a solution. And people were like, so what do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, well, I mean, I have this guy who can do a loan for you at nine and a half. Will you want to take it? Sure, I'll take it. I don't right. care. I'm like, oh, you take it. Wow. So how many people like that are out there? Like, And I started doing research. I'm like, there's millions of people out there. How do you find them? You just have to look at the category of people who say, you know what? My tax returns are not going to show what I make. But That's do you email campaign? What like do you do campaigns online? Buy you buy leads? Do you so refer a word of mouth? Like what? My, what's, my, your, what's your mainly true realtors? Realtors, okay. And do you have multiple realtors? Multiple you... realtors. I just so my best way. Anybody who's looking for non QM right now is we take the uh, model of educating realtors. Because you take them to lunch, or you bring them food, no, or no, anything. No, through through our, our publications. So you make a? Do you have a like a, a newsletter? A, a newsletter okay. or a flyer. So we don't we don't design a flyer. I mean, this realtors get like what three hundred flyers a day, right? Yeah, yeah, emails. It's awesome. Yeah. So why do they call us? Because we spend an average of maybe two weeks to design one flyer. Really? Yeah. We go through a rigorous. Do you like it? Even so, the last person who says I like it or not is my seven year my my five year old. Wow. Yeah, dad, I like it. Oh, that's you know, cool. It looks good. Yeah. So we, I, I, it has to be attractive. It has to be educational. It has to be no salesy. Mm -hmm. It has to be, did you know this? Here's how you can do this. Here's top 10 ways you can do that. You know, if you're, if you're, um, if you're, if you're, you know, an Uber driver, mm -hmm. here's an option for you. Here's how you get a loan. Here's how you get a loan. Yeah. You know? Wow. So be address the person specifically. Yeah. Don't don't go out there and try to say you know, I got best rate. I got all the good rates. No, right. We, we never ever talk about rates. Because that's when the, the the realtor puts the shield up. There, like, I don't want to hear it. Everyone's yeah. telling me the same thing. Yeah. So we 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 are focused on realtors and we're focused on medical doctors. Wow. Because a medical doctor, yes, they have four hundred thousand dollars on their W two a year. But they always want to buy more than properties, 12 yeah. properties, you know, and right. they want to buy more than that, you know, and they have humongous student loans, right. you know, that will kick them out of the normal. The DTI the is going to be high, yeah. So, so the realtors will call us generally and say, hey, this is for my client who's buying a house. Or 50% of them will call us. This 50% of them will call us and say, you know what, this is for me. Mm. The realtors. Yeah. Yeah, they need loans because oh yeah, because they're they're ten ninety nine, right? <laughs> and if you get a realtor loan and it's a decent loan and you do a good job, then they're gonna be like, oh, you gotta call my guy Andrew. Yeah, you gotta call my guy Andrew. So yeah. we've been fortunate to grow that channel of originating business. That's good. Yeah, non QM is way more fun than than doing Fannie Mae. Just just I've had people when I when I had to pivot from the pandemic, I've had people cancel on me on the signing table because somebody gave them 0.125 rate better. I know. I've had it too where they're like, oh, he waived a credit report fee for yeah. 25 bucks. Yeah, credit report fee. Yeah, I've had that too. It's like, really? Why didn't you call me? I would have, you know, yeah. I, I mean, no, I, I'm, I'm sorry so, I didn't take it off sooner. Yeah, yeah. like what, you know. We, it's sorry, ruthless, Andrew. yeah. yeah. So, and it's a thankless job, I think, when you're, when you're doing loans like that because they just, they think they can get it alone from anyone. So, who are you to to be thankful? Yeah, because you, you know? can't you can't compete with Quicken and, no. and and you know guaranteed rate and you know so and Loan Depot so, but fun. I mean, but but I think you know non QM. Again, it's they have a need that the big boys cannot meet. Right. And they're not just going to sit on the sideline and wait and go do W two for two years. Sure. No, they don't. They want to own now. They want to own. They mm -hmm. don't want to wait. Yeah. So so. I always liked non-QM and, and, and that made it easier for me than mm -hmm. doing the other stuff because it was so boring. But some people will go, they'll shake their head and they're like, non-QM, it's too hard. Yep. Do you think 
in your opinion, do you think non-QM's harder than doing government and doing Fannie Mae loans? I mean, I know it's harder technically because you don't get a, you know, a, 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 what's the, uh, I don't even know. I forget the name of it. It's the um, the quick Fannie Mae approval. Yeah, what's yeah, it called? The DU. DU. Yeah, yeah, DU. Yeah. Non-QM is 10 times easier. If you know what you're doing, right? Yeah. I, I, and, you know, honestly, I don't think this. It, it really it's ten times easier if you if you if you consider the guideline of a non QM loan to an FHA or conventional mm-hmm. go read the four thousand and one yeah. rule book and compare it to a bank statement <laughs> guideline <laughs> right you know? right that tells you that there's so much less nuances in non QM but but obviously most people you know they just don't they, they haven't been patient enough to say okay hold on yeah you know all of these people who I know who own businesses. So what do they do? They rule them out. Right. And go do something else. Yeah. And they get there, then they're underserved. What about like process? I know processors, they, they have um, a hard time sometimes saying, Oh, not a QM loan. I don't want to do yeah. this. They'll put it at the bottom of the stack because they yeah. can just run to you and do mm-hmm. all this stuff. And then yeah. Okay. Got my non QM loan. Got to do this. Like, yep. How, what do you tell processors to, you know, is it just also just practicing it and doing it more and more? I, I think it's them, you know, when, when, you know, for us, what's happened is we have processors who came from the QM world, you mm-hmm. know, Fanny, Freddie. Sure. And, and we say, see, uh, you know, when we, when we have an interview, I say, this is what I do. Mm. Well, how do you do that? I say, well, it's pretty easy. Let me show you. Yeah. You know? Uh, like once they've done one yeah it's, it's as easy as okay so you know the account executive you know like ours at fund loans joseph is perfect at this he'll calculate the income so mm-hmm. what you do you just plug it into the system like you do right <laughs> nothing else let them do it oh, and then they come back that's with it. Income? i'm like yeah that's it oh okay yeah it's just i mean them getting educated about it right that's what it means yeah yeah, non-QM is, uh, that's also one of my missions to make it easier and easier is, is uh, you know, because people just bang their heads against the wall saying it's so hard, you know. I mean, we, we have a goal and a role to play as, as brokers and loan officers. We are, I mean, for me, I, I, I feel like I am going to work really hard to become a face of the non-QM because people mm-hmm. need to know right that, you know, this is an opportunity you need to take advantage of now. Right. You know, I mean, most you have no idea how people, when they call me, they're like, my realtor told me to call you. So how come you guys can do this and Quicken can't? Yeah. What do you say? I'm like, well, there are two reasons. Number one, Quicken doesn't do this kind of loans. Right. You know, well, are you guys for real? This is some <laughs> shady stuff. You're going right. to run down the country again. And <laughs> right. you, you're the reason why everything went down in the first place. I'm like, no, no, no. Maybe you can ask countrywide, but yeah. not, not this us. This is not us. <laughs> no. There's so, now a lot of laws in place. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot in place, you know. Yeah. And, you know, putting 20% down on a loan, you're giving up a lot. Right. You know, to go default on, you know. We have so much equity in America now. So oh much. My goodness, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I don't even know the percentage, but what I've heard is like, I think maybe it's 50% of purchases are cash. Mm-hmm. So that you look at that and you're like, okay, well, all these loans, there's there's not a lot of loan. There's a lot of opportunity that means, right? Yeah. If someone's putting cash down to pull out some cash and maybe mm-hmm. buy other properties. But the amount of equity in America is, is unbelievable, I think, more than it's ever been. More than it's ever been. Yeah. And it's only going to grow over the next couple of years, you know, yeah. because it, we have an upward trajectory of, of value, you know. So I, I, I honestly think a lot of people, too, they're, they're at that point when, when I talk to them, and I say, what do you think is going to happen to the market? I say, well, I mean, that's the same question I've been getting for 10 years. Yeah. I'll wait till it slows down or yeah. till it crashes again. Yeah, You're it's like, gonna crash again. I said that other crash was seventy five years in the making. Yeah, you know, it, it was different this time around. There's a lot more regulation, and you know, hearing from industry professionals like yourself and how things work, I I, I don't see a crash coming. Any, I mean, I don't see a crash unless yeah. there's some crazy. If COVID didn't take us down, right? Then, then I think people should you know people should get off the sidelines and do stuff now. You know. Yeah, I mean, the the supply and demand is still so high for demand for housing. And mm-hmm. so rates are going to go up a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. we know that that's going to happen. Inflation came out and we mm-hmm. knew it was 
going to be high, yeah. right? Because yeah. just we feel it. We mm-hmm. already know. But they're like, hey, guys, you know, inflation. And you're like, yeah, I yeah. see it at the grocery store yeah. and the gas pump and everywhere. But um, I think it's going to keep going at some pace for a while, mm-hmm. you know, until, I mean, builders still aren't building. You know, they're not. The, the supply is not growing, and mm-hmm. and a lot of people are flipping and um, in improving homes. Then that's not creating more housing. It's just creating better, improved yeah. housing, with mm-hmm. which drives the value up still. And but what do you think about? Have you seen you know any shift since the pandemic of people leaving W two jobs to go self employed, or do you think there's going to be a bigger trend towards the non QM because of that, or what yeah, are you seeing? It, it, it definitely is growing. You know, we've 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 talked to a lot of people who said, hey, "I was W two, now I'm." You know, I started my business a year ago during COVID, right? During COVID, a yeah. lot of this. I mean, there's millions of people who have made that transition during wow. COVID. Yeah, literally, I'm not millions. You know, across the country. I so, mean, I, I sensed that that was happening, but I didn't. There's been this really tight push to get people, like to get. The businesses that are doing like 1099, like we saw with mm-hmm. Uber in California, mm-hmm. the regulations are trying to make it so people can't be independent. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, when COVID hit, a lot of people said, to hell with my job. I'm going to go do my own business Correct. and work yeah. from home. Mm-hmm. And I can do two businesses, actually. I could do my job here and I can do my side job or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you, you're seeing that. I mean, we are seeing a lot more gig economy wow. than we've ever seen before. And, yeah. and I think... Because, you know, consumers want convenience. Right. Way more than COVID has told all of us that you can do as well at home than in the office. Yeah. It's pretty clear all right. over the country. So are there some, some jobs that has to be done in the office? Absolutely, yeah. Sure. Hospital, things like that. Yeah, sure. Restaurant. But I think this is going to continue to grow. That's, that's going to grow the size of non-QM over the next couple of years. Yeah. Because... You have all these people now who are starting now in 2021. You know, by 2022, 2023, they will have had enough equity to say, you know what, it's time to buy a house. You know, look, I started my business. I'm now two years old in the business. Mm-hmm. And I'm making deposits. And- yeah, I'm making deposits. I'm ready. You right. Know? I mean, the essence of just saying for a bank statement loan, for example, just saying, you know, if I can show that I can make this much deposit every month consistently for 12 months. Yeah. Then, then you qualify. Then I qualify, you know, and you put your down payment down. So we're, we're, we're doing a really good job now educating people about the opportunities that are available. Mm-hmm. I mean, DSCR has been a huge game changer for us in the last year and a half. Yeah. And, and, and it's at, what, 85 LTV max? It's, it's up to that now. But, <clears throat> but what I love about that is it's giving investors opportunity to go do more. Yeah. Which before they're like, oh, I'm cashed no, I'm out. Not, yeah. I'm, ca- I'm not going to qualify. I'm not going to qualify. And now they're like just down payment, mm-hmm. which they have enough skin in the game. Sure, that's enough. That's a, it's a lot more than what Fannie and government requires. Yeah, they have enough skin in the game, and now they can go do better. Right, right. Yeah. What other businesses are you seeing starting up? You know, you see investors that are buying, you know, real estate, but you see any other startups like other like. Cause, it, cause right now, like being at home, you, the barrier of entry, you know, having to go get a, an office and mm-hmm. go get all these things and mm-hmm. hire all these employees. Now it's like you can have virtual assistants, you can have you know remote employees. You can, like, it, the barrier of entry I think is way lower. So, but but what kind of businesses are you seeing? Start. I, I, I think most businesses that we're seeing right now are those that are mostly people are gravitating more towards remote business anything yeah. that you know i can talk over the phone get it done i mean virtual assistants they've always been there you sure know? but um just the fact that people want things done for them conveniently sure. anything around that consumer you know like delivering you know delivery food, food yeah food, delivering food is right. it's huge huge and know? they're making good money yeah and they're making great way money. more than an hourly at a job exactly like way more way way more you know so and yeah. that's only gonna grow you know yeah, um, people, Instacart. You can make I think what is it, fifty bucks an hour if you're more or more. Yeah. Sometimes if you're fast. Way better than even driving an Uber. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, people want concierge service. You know, right? Can I have my laundry done instead right. of me going to the, you know, um, dry cleaners? Can right. Just come get it and get it done. I mean, people who are even, I did a, I did two loans for people who are cleaning homes. Right. Housekeepers. Housekeepers. Like, yeah. 
I mean, their income is way off the roof now because wow. people need them more yeah. and they are charging more for that. And it's hard to find. And it's hard to find. And that's going to be the case for the next couple of years because mm-hmm. there's a lot more people at home, moms at home with kids, right? a whole lot more mess sure. than they're used to. Right. Yeah. And they need that help, you know? Yeah. Maybe even at home chefs and at home at home chefs, food preparers. Food preparers. Yeah. Because they don't want to go to restaurants, maybe either COVID or whatever reason. There's just so much happening at the same time, which, which, you know, I envelope all of that into this whole entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship to me means non-QM loans. Yeah. Which is just going to get bigger and better. Yep. Tell me about, or tell us about the tie and hoodie show. What is this? The tie and hoodie show. Yeah. Well, I'm very intrigued. I don't know what it it, is. Well, Tie and hoodie, you know, so I usually like to wear a jacket or a tie. Yeah. And I have this friend who he's always in a hoodie. Yeah. Just so we just, wear it up, yeah, up like that. We just came up with that. So we, we've been on the radio, K-Day, 93.5 FM. Nice. And we're just talking about, you know, we bring in guests and we talk about things that matter. Yeah. You know, what was your story? How did you get here? Where are you going? You know, and we've talked to, you know, even with we, we we interviewed some uh, I mean celebrity like Christine Devine who's on KKL Nine you know um, mm-hmm. but but what I've learned over the last we've interviewed I think fifty two people so far you know from across wow. the whole country um, what I've learned is that you know journeys are different and the hustle is real yeah you know um, you you can't take you can't tread life lightly mm. and expect things to fall in line with you you can't complain your way into success no i mean yeah you can go march and riot and stuff but have a reason why you're doing stuff and make sure it's reasonable that people will comply with not just oh i'm gonna wind my way through stuff so it's been good learning and um we have a long way to go you know yeah what what time is the show on when when uh, you said 93 93.5 fm okay um 6 30 a.m in the morning early on sundays on Sundays, mm-hmm. that's an early Sunday morning. It's yeah, an early Sunday morning. You don't yeah. rest, do you? There's time to rest, you know. <laughs> but but I, you know, I I'm just so excited about the opportunity of what I as as an immigrant, yeah. you know, coming in here and knowing that wow. You, you you don't really understand when I said this country allows you to do that. Yeah, that phrase is not. I don't know how to. You know, anybody who's an immigrant understands that. Yeah, they allow you to do that, meaning that. There are medical doctors in other countries that are not even allowed to practice medicine. Wow. Or they are not allowed to even make a living. So America is a place where if you comply with the laws and you put in your best mm-hmm. and you want to change people's lives, yeah. success will come to you financially, peacefully, you know, I mean, so that's that's kind of what really kind of drives me like, wow, I only have so much time, you know, right. let's, let's go to work. Right. So yeah, when you see an opportunity and it just it's 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 endless in a way, right? It, it is endless. It's just know? how much do you want to work? How to, much do you yeah. want to put in the time and um I try to nag my way through work, it didn't work. You know, yeah. again thanks to my mentor Marnie Avila who who said, you know, said, you know, you can't complain your way through success. You have mm. to work. I'm yeah. like, okay, well, what does that mean? And she sat me down and said this is what it means. Mm. You know? So but but I was used to blaming other people for what I did wrong and my failures, you know. Well, it was the credit card companies. They gave me all those credit cards and they didn't tell me I had to make a payment. Right. So I didn't make a payment. Right. I mean, I bought nice clothes and shoes and stuff, you know. Right. So, but now I've come to the point where I'm like, okay, if anybody's listening out there and say, okay, how do I get into non-QM loans? How do you get here, Andrew? Like, you just have to be crazy passionate about wanting to help people Mm-hmm. who FHA, conventional, VA, USDA cannot help. Right. Simple. Yeah. And and when you have that passion, it becomes fun and easy. Oh, it's fun, yeah. And in, when I say easy, I mean it's easy because you still like what you're doing. You're going to have rough days. Yeah. You're going to have some hard, you know, stretches, but if you're passionate about it, it's it's not it's not work like, you know, putting in a 12-hour day, you know, on the – you know, out digging ditches or something. Well, you know? I mean, if they love what they're doing, that's fine. You know, right. but for us, our job is critically stressful. 
Yeah. But I think what I've learned to do is enjoy the stress. Mm -hmm. Because when an appraiser comes back and says, well, your house is only valued 600. They're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> the neighbor just sold for 900,000. <laughs> So yeah, that's a whole other topic, that, right? <laughs> oh that, man, that, managing that kind of stress, you know, it's it's kind of different. So that's, yeah, you know, just what I'm happened. Not, what's happened? Let's talk about appraisers. What's happened to appraisers? What do you think? <sighs> that you know, we have one side where it was too easy, right? You'd say, "I needed five hundred thousand yeah, dollar value. Yeah. Can you get me the five? Oh yeah, I'll get you the five hundred. You know, and that was that was bad, right? Because because it you know maybe it was worth 450 and you're pushing value and yeah. the appraiser's in on it and you know and they didn't have any repercussions if that happened all the only repercussion is that they wouldn't be able to get your business in the future so they were kind of under your thumb as yeah. a, they were kind of but now appraisers it's like the opposite and my brother-in-law's appraiser so I don't I don't hate appraisers I, I like them but I am just scratching my head going have they just given up in some way not they all all of them but like uh, some of them just said you know what i just don't care about I, bringing in the value truly or work because i think it's a hard sometimes it's a hard it's hard appraisers work hard it's hard to do the extra work to get like you know it's easy to just bring a value in low right it's easy it, it, and you get paid the same i think that's one industry or sector of the industry that's waiting for you know a tech revolution it's it's you know yeah. look, look at what you know uber eats or you know this food delivery have done right. i mean look at what netflix did to you know hollywood videos and right you know i think that's what needs to happen where they will have some great valuation methods that are digitized and well someone's going to come in with a small drone it'll show up at your house and it'll it'll go through your house and there'll be someone that works in you know who knows where, yeah. and they they have a whole office full of cubicles, and they're just flying this drone through your house, through your house, and, and then you, you see all the quality of exactly. everything, and then see it's, the pictures, and boom, done, and the appraisal's done. Yeah, rather than having somebody drive through snow and yeah, mail the drone to their house, say hey, just once you get this, call, set it up, call us, yeah, and we'll tell you what to do, and push a button, and the thing mm. does like like a okay, rumba, yeah. like a Roomba, like yeah, like okay, the, yeah, now you can keep the drone. We got what we need, right? Yeah. Because, I, 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 you know, appraisers, I mean, they, they are always going to be a critical part of what we do. But, you know, there was a time when, you know, if you don't talk to an underwriter or go to an underwriter, you're stuck. Now, automated methods are helping us get through that process faster. Sure. Yeah. Appraisal is that one where it's like, okay, what are we going to do? I, I don't know. Yeah. And I think I think what part of the problem is, is there's a lack of appraisers. There's yeah. not a lot. There's not a lot, and 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 the age of average age of an appraiser is is up there. I think they should start. The only way to solve this, honestly, is they should start, you know, giving curriculums in college. So you can to get new appraisers into you, the. You can graduate in four years, and you are you are an appraiser because your first two years you take the classes, and the remaining two years is yeah. And you, you grad. And then you have grads you have that are making money. I mean, making it's a good money job. right away. It's a, it's a great job. Great job. It's, it is a great job. Yeah. That, that's probably the solution to influx the system with appraisers. But until then, I think we're stuck. I mean, you probably experienced where appraisers won't even call you back, or they won't, you know, they won't, uh, they won't pick up the they, job because it's a little too far out. Or nowadays, there's no repercussion. Right. You know, you know, it's 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 no. It's no different from, I mean, not to be political, it's no different from when, oh, you know, you know, we got to cut police, whatever, but, well, then you cut police, then... No one's coming to your door, no yeah. No one's coming to your door to rescue you. Right, yeah. That's the same thing with appraisers. Supply and demand. Supply yeah. and demand. You, you reprimand an appraiser, he's like, okay, forget you, I'm not, I don't want to work with you anymore. Well, that's one less appraiser when we're already shot. Yeah. So I, I think tech needs to in, interrupt and... Yeah. And that's the only way. And it's coming. It's coming yeah. for all of us. I mean, Zillow uh, tried yeah. it, but it didn't work. I mean, yeah, like, the the uh, estimate, right? Yeah, They're yeah. like, we were just guessing. Yeah. That's so funny. So, but yeah, you were guessing. I know. We saw. Yeah, I mean, people would always get mad. My estimate was two million. You're like, it's not two million. Yeah. It's one six. Yeah. <laughs> Zillow says. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah. Zillow is not an appraiser. So. So, do you talk about mortgages on your show? 
Um, I try or more just other topics. No, yeah, we 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 mostly try to talk about you know what you know we we like to talk about what a good plan can do for you. Financials. You know, financials. Yeah. You know, like you know, don't spend too much. Don't try to please your neighbors. You know, and go into mess and things like that. You know? Yeah, we That's try good. to do that as much. Yeah. Are you uh, listening to any good podcasts uh, other than this one, of course? Other than this one, of course, yeah. <laughs> or any well, uh, well, read any good books right uh, now? Uh, well, I, I I I don't listen to any current current podcast, but I'm a big fan of Jim Run. Jim Run? Yeah, R O H R H O N is okay. the last name. Jim. Yep. Very funny. Um, talks a lot of practical common sense mm. uh, you're gonna probably laugh your brains out but um, <laughs> is it a podcast it, it no he's he's a speaker he's probably like youtube dead and gone you know but a lot of youtube that's cool you know um he's one of the ones i listen to a lot more than anything else you yeah. know because he just he just says well he just says what it is you know yeah. and and um, we need I, more of that right yeah no bullshit just, no bullshit just, just straight straight to the point yep and so I thought about that and he's given me a lot of ideas on how to treat our customers, you mm. know? Um, and so he's given me a focus of trying to win a loan mm -hmm. is one focus. Trying to win a customer is a different focus. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to win a loan. I want to win a customer because habitually people just don't know that somebody who buys a house will buy another one. Right. It's only a matter of time. Or they'll want to refi, right? Yeah, yeah. it's only a matter of time. <laughs> or their kids will want to buy, yeah. or their cousin or yeah. uncle. Yeah, whatever. So we're, we're, we're laser focused right now on winning a customer. That's a good, that's call, good advice. People call it kiss ass. No, we don't, we don't. That's not what we call it. We call it, you know, meeting their needs and their demands reasonably, mm -hmm. you know, as much as we can. Right. So that they can think of us the next time like. well, people want to work with people they like so if you make yourself likable right and you make them have a good experience and realize that you're a good person to work with like yeah. then then you can create customers for life i've been going to the same dentist for 15 years now i've moved two hours drive i still drive there two hours wow to the same dentist so if if loan officers can think about that and mm -hmm. say okay how long is my career going to span for so I'm thinking I want to do this for another maybe 20 years. Mm -hmm. So in my hope and goal is I want to have a thousand people who know me by name over the next 20 years. Yep. And if that thousand people, half of them can give me one deal a year. So that will bring my volume to 500 a year. Yeah. It's easy math, you yeah. know, but, but it takes a lot of work to say, I care about you, John, mm -hmm. you know, how are you doing? Not, oh, guess what? John, rates are low now. You know, she refinances. Right. She's get out of here. <laughs> That's know? when you get into the trap of being, you know, feast or famine in this business. Yeah. And so many people... They have good years and bad years because yeah. that's all they care about is the rates and then, yeah. you know, not building customers for life and not building true, a true business. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that's what we are going to be focusing on more than anything else. And I think non-QM gives us that tool mm -hmm. to consistently have something new to say. Yeah. You know, I mean, most of the people we talk to now, I never mention FHA, conventional, VA. Right. You know, it's like, how are you doing? You know, good. You know, so how's the house coming along? Good. You know, so you're thinking you might want to buy another one. Mm. Well, we, 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 can we? I'm like, yeah, I mean, let's look into it. Yeah. You know? get, get, get your real estate empire going. Yeah, let's let's look into it. And, and that's how the conversation goes, you know, rather than what's your rate. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're, you're helping them build wealth and future, mm -hmm. you know, value for their family. And yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Have I missed anything? Is there anything else you want to say? Um, besides the fact that I'm in love with non-QM and, <laughs> and I, 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 you know, if I was to throw a word out there in terms of lenders, yeah, we deal with a lot of lenders, but, you know, fund loans has become our number one. Thank you. Because you guys basically get what, you know, you, you it seems like you've studied customers who have been left behind and say, hey, yeah, we get you. We can mm -hmm. help. And I think if a lot of, you know, one of the things I also really enjoy about working with you guys is that the account executives actually coming from an underwriter who became a loan officer. Yeah. You don't understand how annoying it is <laughs> when you talk to an account executive who you know more than them. Right. And then they tell you, 
and they t- they try to BS you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they try to, and then they tell you, "Oh, let me go find out, and I'll get back to you." I'm like, "Dude, you should know." Yeah, you should know. This is your job. This is what job. you get paid for. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it's not like the guidelines are. He, you know, it's in a safe box where you can't touch it. Right. I already read your guidelines. I just want to know whether your underwriter agrees with me. Yeah. Well, so that's one of the things that I think I enjoy about working with you guys the most. It's like. You're like, okay, I'm, so when we meet a lender and I'm like, give me your guidelines. Well, I'm not sure we're allowed to do that. It's a guideline, okay? Yeah. Like, I'm supposed to know before I bring it to you. Right. So we enjoy that a lot. I mean, so I, I would encourage anybody, you know, who's thinking about non-QM, they should definitely consider you guys, fund Thank loans. But, but more importantly, just, just do your job, read. Read, read the guidelines. Read the guidelines. Understand, yeah. Understand. If you don't understand it, ask questions. And start doing more non-QM because it's not that hard, right? No. Once you start doing it, you get better at it and you just, you know, and, and it's fun. It's actually kind of fun. It's fun. It's fun. I think it's, it's, it's changing a lot of lives. You know, I, people now come to me three, four years later. Wow. Look. Look at my, yeah, look, my, look portfolio. At my portfolio. I've got, right now. I'm like, yeah. I look at all the money I've gained and my yep. equity and it's yep. life-changing. It it's is. Life-changing. And now they can afford to send their kids to college or yeah. whatever. Whatever it is that you it, help them it do. It definitely is life-changing. So we look forward to doing more. So yeah. thank you. Appreciate it. What's the name of your company? Integrity Credit Corporation. Awesome. And we are in the process of changing our name. Okay. So hopefully it's going to come up soon, but we are going to become Believe Lending. Believe Lending. I like it. We want people to believe that they can become homeowners. I like it. Or equity holders. Very cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show today, Andrew. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, John. All right.